Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits and how through their passion they are moving the culture forward be sure to follow verbally effective and ina esco on instagram also download the verbally effective podcast on soundcloud itunes and google play music don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com Hey, this is State Representative Antonio Parkinson, and I am not a politician. I am a servant who happened to be elected. And guess what? I'm hanging with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm Laquita Tate, your favorite interior stylist, blogger, and principal, and I'm I'm hanging with my girl Ina Esco on Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm Ashley Wimbush, a.k.a. DJ Alpha Whiskey. And I'm verbally effective because I aim to empower other females to feel confident and secure about working in male-dominated fields. Women have the power to change the world, and I'm going to do my part and show them how to get it done. Known by her stage name, DJ Alpha Whiskey, Ashley Wimbush is an experienced entertainment specialist offering a unique and unmatched disc jockey skill set. Ashley entered the professional entertainment scene in 2017, though her passion for mixing music and making people fall in love with music started at a young age. Self-taught, Ashley possesses an almost supernatural ability to blend and mix tracks in a way that transports listeners to another world. Ashley not only controls the airwaves, she controls the skies. A proud graduate of the illustrious Hampton University, Ashley earned her B.S. in Airport Air Traffic Control Management in 2010. Her career in air traffic control spans over 10 years as she currently serves as an air traffic controller at Memphis International Airport. In 2020, Ashley co-founded She DJs, a Memphis-based female DJ collective. In addition to being a DJ and air traffic controller, Ashley provides consultant and event planning services run by her company, Alpha Whiskey Enterprises, LLC, and she still finds time to make the occasional trip to her hometown of Danville, Virginia. Hear Ashley's talent on her show, Flight Risk, airing 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time every Thursday on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 147 of the Verbally Effective podcast. You guys have been rocking with me for so long. We are actually closing out the year. 2020 has definitely been a ride, right? But we are still here, still grinding it out, making huge pivots handling our business, and listening to all of these good people's journeys. And before we get started today, I want to remind you that Verbally Effective is hosting 
a virtual podcasting 101 workshop. You guys hit me up all the time saying that you're interested in podcasting. So here we are. We are going to provide you all of the tools necessary to execute your first podcast for 2021. So just go to my website, ivymultimedia.com. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, all of my social media handles at Ina Esco, E-N-A-E-S-C-O, and click on that Eventbrite link and register. Also, you know, we got the merch. We got the Ivy Multimedia merch. I got on, let me show y'all my shirt. I got on the Verbally Effective Black Tea today. We have so many options for you. I want to shout out the T-Shirt Lab uh, for creating this beautiful apparel. Also, I partnered with the Henry Brothers, Fresh and Chase on the mask. So we have the Henry mask with Verbally Effective, Ivy Multimedia, and A Difficult Beauty. So go to the website, check it out, and get you some merch for the holidays. You know those masks make great stocking stuffers. So get it in while you can. We're about to get started. I got one of my good friends on the pod with me today. And I love this lady because, baby... <laughs> She is in this cutthroat industry of entertainment and she is holding it down. She's a turntable assassin. Um, she's self-taught and she is handling her business on those turntables at WYXR as well. So, you know, her and I see each other in the studio every now and then, and it's a beautiful situation. And it's a lot you don't know about this young lady. So she's here today to tell us her story. I am talking about the one, the only, Ashley Wimbush, a.k.a. <laughs> DJ Alpha Whiskey. What's up, Ashley? How are Hello. you, lady? Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. How you doing? I'm good. And you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited that you're here because, you know, there's so much depth to you that I'm sure a lot of people don't know. Um, and like I told you, uh, we always start the pot off with where you're from. You're not even from Memphis, but uh, a lot of people may think you are. So Ashley, where are you originally from? Uh, I'm originally from, born and raised in Danville, Virginia, and okay. I know nobody's ever heard like, Danville, Virginia, where is that? Well, Danville is a small city slash town um, south, in the southern part of Virginia. If you know where Greensboro, North Carolina is, it's 45 minutes north of there. So okay. if I have to access any type of like major mall, major shopping, stuff like that, or airport, Greensboro is where is the closest wow. um, for me to go to. But um, okay, yeah, like, born and raised there, and then um, once I graduated, I left. <laughs> wow. So wait, let's stick stick with with Danville, Virginia, for a minute. Tell me about <laughs> growing up in Danville, Virginia, what was Ashley into, you know, as a young girl growing up? What, what was you doing, Ashley? Tell me about it. <laughs> so as a young girl, believe it or not, I was really, um, I have an older sister, but I was kind of like the only child. We're 16 years apart. Oh, that's a and big gap. Yeah. So when I came along, she was kind of like, I'm already grown. I'm doing my thing. That's y'all's child. Y'all handle mm -hmm. her. So I was kind of you know, and I'm the youngest on both sides. Okay. Um, 
So I was kind of like the loner a little bit, but um, I I was always into music. So my dad, down in our basement, my dad had, we had all these records and um, he got a turntable and stuff. And he used to have this old like big music system because my dad used to have parties, basement parties back okay, in the day. Okay, okay, basement parties. The block used to be hot from what <laughs> my family tells me. And he used to DJ. And, you know, I never really thought about it. Now, fast forward years later, here I am. But um, I was always just listening to music, you know, dancing, stuff like that. I was kind of into games a little bit, but okay. not a lot, you know, not too much. Um, as I got older, I got into uh, the band. Okay. Um, fifth grade, fifth grade. Um, it was... They asked us about, you know, uh, joining the band, you know, when we go off to middle school and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that seems cool. You know, I already love music. What can I do? So I decided to play the clarinet. Okay, clarinet. So I started uh, doing that. And um, then I did a little bit of taekwondo. I like doing, like, karate and kickboxing. (laughs) Okay, taekwondo. Yeah. And, you know, my parents were kind of protective. They were real protective of me. And so I wasn't like just out here just, you know, doing whatever. I was kind of like at home. I have close girlfriends, um, a girl who uh, lived around the corner from me, Denisha, her and I, we still like this. And um, so she was kind of like my my sister. We still are sisters, you know. And so if it was ever anything we had going on, little parties or events or anything like that, mm-hmm. her and I, we, we couldn't go anywhere unless it was her and I. I understand. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it yeah. sounds like, you know, you had a very good upbringing. Um, and I can see where that background of music comes from. Your dad. Um, heavily influenced by your father and you know after you graduated high school what happened for Ashley Wimbush? So uh, after I graduated I graduated from George Washington High School um, home of the Eagles and uh, went to Hampton found out I got accepted to Hampton University. I I did not know about Hampton University like in the beginning to be honest. How did you find out? I heard about it. We had we had gone on different college um, tours when I was in uh, middle school and high school. But we went to the schools that were like in the south, kind of like uh, Clark, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Shaw, um, uh, Johnson C. Smith, like that. But and I heard of Howard. I have a cousin who went to Howard, but I hadn't really heard about Hampton. So I had a, a friend and and my mom actually. They both mentioned it to me because I originally wanted to go to George Mason. I had a infatuation with George Mason, but when I went there to visit, this campus was so big, they had all this construction going on, and I knew me coming from a small town, and it was right outside of D.C., that might not have been (laughs) the best, you know, situation for me. So um, my mom and another girlfriend who was applying to Hampton, they said, well, what about Hampton? Maybe you should look into that. I was like, Hampton, maybe I should. Why not? You know, and I did. And I went and toured the campus. And when I went to tour the campus, it was a wrap. You loved it. It was right on the water. It was (laughs) live. They had the, you know, um, 
people hanging out, the student center, just the vibe and the culture. It was, that was it. And I was like, yep, this is where I want to go. So I applied and I went through the pre-college um, program where I went like a couple months ahead of everyone to take classes. And so I did that and um, that was a great opportunity because I felt like, oh, you know, I'm a freshman before all the other freshmen. Yeah. So I know the campus, you know, <laughs> before all the other students come in here. And I met one of my uh, other best friends, her and I, uh, uh, Brandy. We were roommates all, we were there for five years. Um, she stayed for five. I stayed an extra year too. So we were roommates all five years of us being in here. Wow, that usually doesn't happen like that, having the same yeah. roommate the entire time. Wow. Yeah. We met in pre-college and it was kind of like whoever gets walks in together, okay, y'all are roommates. And so we just happened to be the same height, the same size, everything. And she was from, she's from uh, Plano, right outside of Dallas, Texas. Okay. And, and so we clicked and next thing you know, we're partying together, wearing each other's clothes, listening to each other, different music and yeah. it was really a great experience so um you know we often hear a lot of things about Hampton University it's such a vibe at Hampton um you know I always listen to the breakfast club DJ Envy went to Hampton um um, let me ask you this uh you know I know you said that you played the band in high school did you play the band in the band at Hampton as well or no? no I did not. And I also want to add too, I, when I was in the band, I did the clarinet for like four years, just playing in the marching band. But once I got to high school, I uh, switched over from the clarinet to the drum line. Okay, drum line! Yes, I I saw the movie Drum Line and that one female. It was the rap. (laughs) And me being who I am, you know, I was like, right. I can do that. I, I, I think I can, I can keep a beat. And so I tried out and I was four bass. And that year it was three females that tried out and all three of us made it. Yes. We had the best drum line. I bet yeah. y'all did. I bet y'all did. So why weren't you in the band at Hampton? Because I didn't want it to take up all of my time. I knew it would be very time consuming. A lot of work. And I was like, you know, I just want to go there and enjoy and be able to be free and just kind of figure out what it is I might want to do while I'm here, you know? And so this, so when I got there for pre-college, I ended up meeting a guy Uh, (laughs) and uh, he was in, in an ROTC and he was a flight education major. I'm like, flight education you know what and he's like yeah I'm, I'm studying to be a pilot and I'm like a pilot okay he was like yeah you ever want to you know go fly with me sometime you know just let me know I'm like I'm not flying with you <laughs> like <laughs> you know? do you know what you don't <laughs> I'm gonna die in the air <laughs> yeah I'm like no so you know eventually we just you know talked and stuff and then um I finally decided to um go and fly with him and uh we did he flew Cessna 172s he had his private pilot's license and he was working on um his instrument and the difference between the two is with the 
regular private pilot, like when it's a clear day, clear skies, you can just, just like, okay, I'm just gonna fly and look around and see everything. But when you're a IFR, you have to fly, it's cloudy. Oh, dangerous. Your instruments, and you can be able to fly. So pilots who are just private pilot VFR, they can't fly IFR. If clouds and stuff come and it's bad weather, it's a wrap. <laughs> so you have to be rated, you have to be rated to, you know, fly in different weather conditions. So at the time he would just be a far private pilot and uh, he wanted to be a pilot in the military. So he was like very sharp. He knew his stuff. And so I said, well, okay, I'll fly with you. Mm -hmm. We used to fly from Chesapeake to like, New Jersey to Atlantic City. <laughs> uh, he flew me home uh, back to Danville, which is like four hours away, but the flight time was about two hours. I could not tell my parents because they would have <laughs> right. they know. Years later, I told them, I was like, you know, mom, dad, I just want y'all to know I was flying with him back. They were like, we, you know, we knew, we knew you were doing it, but you know, I, I knew he was safe, you know, and it just brought a whole different view to me, I, I had no idea. And um, I knew, I, I was into computers um, and I was like, uh, I think I'm gonna major in computer science. Okay. When I got there. So that's and what you majored I, in in Hampton, computer science. Yes. Okay. It did not work out well. Why not, I, Ashley? I was not, <laughs> I was behind because all the other students had taken it like in high school, you know, like prerequisite classes. I didn't know I had it. And here I am trying to do code and I didn't understand anything. And they, they would go over, the, the professor would go over one time and expect you to know how to write a whole program. Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Like, so I, I, I tried to stick with it for two years. And my sophomore, second semester, that's when I said, nope, I'm graduating on time. Okay. I can't anymore. So um, him and I, uh, we talked and he was like, well, why don't you think about doing aviation? And I was like, I don't want to be a pilot. And he's like, well, there's so many other career fields, Ashley. You can be, you know, they, you have uh, aerospace engineering, you have airport management, you have air traffic control, you have all these aviation computer science, you have all these different things, you know, that you can do. And I'm like, okay. So I went and talked uh, to the chairperson at um, Hampton and they convinced me, they said, well, you know, you could take um, management classes and aviation classes and then, you know, just kind of add as you go. And I said, okay. And I majored in uh, airport management. And that's basically when you see all these major airports, someone has to keep the runways uh, clear. You know, okay. making sure if there's any type of um, fog, which they call foreign object, uh, debris, or animals, or any type of run runway closures, update, anything that's going on there at the airport on that, like, airfield, you're responsible for. Okay. So, and on, and on the inside, too, you know, they have different, you know, titles and roles. So, I was like, well... That seems pretty cool. I mean, I could do that, you know. But I initially said I wanted to work for ICAO in the process, which is the International Civil Aviation Organization. Okay. And I, I had this this dream in my head that 
I was going to be working and traveling the world overseas for this international aviation organization. Right. But it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, when I did switch my major, that same semester, I applied for an internship. And it's called the Minority Serving Institute in, in, Internship, and they still have it to this day. So um, anybody who wants to inter, uh, intern with the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, they can go on their website and look up MSI. It's the Minority Serving Institute Internship Program. And so I applied and they called me and they was like, Miss Swinbush, we have a slot for you. Would you like to go to Wichita, Kansas Ooh. for the summer? For three months, I was like, Wichita, Kansas? Sure, why not? Okay. And so I did, and it was myself and another guy um, from New Orleans, and he was a engineering major. And so they put us out there, and we basically worked for the Flight Standards District Office. And the, this office, their job is to go out and inspect um, planes. So when we fly in, you have to have safety inspectors to make sure that airplanes are in compliance. If there's any type of accident or something like that, they go out and check and make sure everything, you know, see, check out the scene and all that paperwork. Just uh, if you're registering to get uh, to be a pilot, they have all your information. So basically, I just interned, updated stuff, went to lunch and met the ladies, you know, with my coworkers and got to know them and got to experience Wichita. Did you like and it? Yes, it was actually pretty cool. Every weekend we rent, we would him and I, we would rent a car and go and ride around and see, you know, what we could do. But at the time, I was nineteen. Okay, and was like twenty-two, so we couldn't go to <laughs> any clubs or anything like that. But, um, but it was a good experience, you know, being out there. And it was the it's, Wichita is actually um, the aviation capital of the world. I and did not know that. that they call know. it that because all your major manufacturing companies um, are out there. Hawker Beechcraft, they make planes, uh, manufacture planes. Uh, Cessna, the jets and stuff, they're out there. Boeing. Wow. Uh, God, there's, there's a ton out there where they are manufacturing um, planes. And so when they make, when they build all these planes, they test them. So you have te a lot of test flights out there in Wichita too. So um, it was like, it was kind of slow, but it was still kind of, kind of cool too. So it was, okay. it was a new experience. I was out there for about three months mm -hmm. and then um, I went back to Hampton and I uh, just, you know, did my classes and everything. And then the next year, Hey, got the internship program again, and I applied. They said, "Okay, you want to go to Baltimore, Maryland?" Yes. Yes. <laughs> I went to work at the Flight Standard District Office, but but this time um, I ended up meeting a, a guy by the name of Donnie, Mr. Donnie Simons. He's a, a black guy, and he was the air traffic. He was the district manager over the eastern region for air traffic control so that his title was he was over virginia delaware dc 
um, North Carolina, and I think somewhere else um, in Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. But he, his office, his main office was there at DCA at Washington National. And uh, I met him and he said, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I was like, I want to work for IKO. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I can't help you. If you want to be an air traffic controller, I can help you. But okay. I can't help you if you want to work for IK. I don't know anything about that. Well, can you tell me more about air traffic control? And he, you know, he talked talk to me more about how he got into it and everything. Because I had never really had anybody talk to me about it. And by the time we were finished, he said, this summer, I want you to come to our aviation career camp for a week. And just get exposed to some different things in aviation and then you go from there. So he called my manager in Baltimore when I got in the program uh, while I was in the internship. And he told him, he said, I want Ashley to come and do the aviation career camp. Okay. I did it for a week. I was blown away. We went to different museums there in D.C. You know, D.C., they got everything. DC, so the Air, Air and Space Museum, mm -hmm. Uvar Hazy. We went to Dover, Delaware, to their uh, um, place and saw their air traffic control facility. We went to, oh man, we went so many places. And I just, the uh, NTSB, you know, we went to their headquarters. I was like, wow. So by the time I had finished up in a week, I was like, I think I need to be an air traffic controller. <laughs> so that's what and, you decided on. Well, I if I was still thinking on it. And mm -hmm. so the next summer, fast forward the next summer, which was now going into my senior year. Okay. He asked me, he said, Ashley, we want you to come back and intern. Okay, this time we want you to intern at DCA. All right. <laughs> so that summer I went back. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And um, he said, well, just intern here for the summer. We'll, we'll try to hook you up with a job or find something, you know, you could do in the meantime. I went up. My first day was like June the 6th, 2008 or 9. It was like not 8 or 9. First time in the air traffic control tower interning, playing. They had these three planes coming in and they were doing some type of special thing for the World War II movie documentary. First one comes in, lands perfectly. Second one comes in, the wind takes it and it flips over on the runway. No. <laughs> I never, it was a, I had never seen anything like that. The way that the controllers handled it, the way it went about it, it was just like amazing. Like everything was just this, 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 this. And I said, you know what? This seems like something still that I can do, you know, and it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. So every day while I was there interning, I would go upstairs and plug in and listen, watch, ask questions. Um, and then when I finally decided, I said, Mr. Nani, I'm going to be an air traffic controller. And I went through the program. Mm -hmm. It took me a year. <laughs> I went back to Hampton. They, we have the Hampton has is Hampton East University of Eastern Shore. And it's a couple other universities that have accredited um, air traffic control program. But I went back to Hampton, did that a year. 
they called me a year later in 2012 and said, Ms. Wimbush, um, can you report to Oklahoma um, in January of 2013? I said, yes. I quit my job at the time. I was working for a contractor because I had finished the program, but I, it was still like two years in between for me to hear back from the FAA. And um, I was working for a contractor for the FAA. It was called Rural Sciences. And my job title <laughs> was Configuration Management Analyst. Now, when you hear that, you're like, wow, what is that? Right. I'll be honest. I don't even know. <laughs> All I know is I had a job once I graduated at the time. Ooh, I know that felt good. A job right when you graduate, baby. I was just like, and so this lady, you know, I had the aviation, you know, background, but I was like, configuration and analyst, management analyst. But it was, like I said, I can't even tell you what I did. I sat at a desk and made sure that I did some Excel spreadsheets. I did some, <laughs> about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Please, FA, call me something come through. And they did. And so I quit my job. I took a risk because when you do air traffic control, you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Okay. And so I, I quit in January 2013. I went out to Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is the main training uh facility for air traffic controllers they you're out there for three months three to five months depending on where you're going and what type of facility you're going to be in and so I was there for three months it was only three uh females in the class out of 18 wow. I was only black male only black and it was only, female. only black female and it was only one other black male the rest mm -hmm. of them were white male okay all my my classmates were really cool. We all hung out. We studied together. We partied together. And, um, but I knew that I had to be ahead of everybody and I had to really put in work. So I, we are, we had to wake up early every morning, go to class, learn, study. We did all, we did paper simulation. We, they had the simulators out there set up as to when, and it seems like you're really talking to airplanes. So that's how they graded us. So at the end of your training, you have to take a test. It's two, local and ground. Ground is moving planes on the ground, making sure you don't get them nose to nose or anything like that or cross a runway with a plane landing or something like that. And local is when you're clearing planes to land and take off mm -hmm. and keeping them separated in the sky. So... It got time for me, <laughs> and this is the first time that I'm telling people this, but, well, publicly. <laughs> but uh, it got to me, my day for me to uh, take my test, and I took uh, my ground test first, passed it. I was nervous, and it was on a Friday. So once I was done taking my test, I was going to be on a flight back to D.C., and I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to my facility. I know I got this. I took my local test and I failed. Oh. They walked in the room. They told us we had to go and sit outside, you know, after we ran the simulator for about 30, 45 minutes. And they said, well, go sit outside. We're going to have to, you know, talk. We get back. I was like, okay. 
So sitting out there and they, they called me back and said, Miss Winbush, we're sorry, but unfortunately you didn't pay. You didn't pass. And it was a guy who came from Atlanta who who graded me. I was like, why not? And he was like, well, we, you had the situation with his plane and he what he was saying wasn't making sense. Mm. So when I left out, I was crying. I was like, oh, I, you know, like this can't be, I'm supposed to be leaving today. And so my instructor, his name was John. He saw me crying. He said, Ashley, what's wrong? I said, John, they failed. I failed. He said, what? <laughs> He's like, give me five minutes. He want to see what's going on. Five, five minutes. He came back. He said, come here. You know, they took me as a private room, the evaluator and my instructor who I had for three months. And they said, Ms. Winbush, we apologize. We don't know what happened. You passed. Oh. Hey, yeah, they don't when know I what happened. I shouted, <laughs> I say all that to say, in air traffic control, you have, to, it's, it's a male-dominated field. Yes. And they have things set up for it to be against us. Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking anyway, like, and, and then you're a black and, woman on top yes. of it. The only and, black woman that was in that class. And my instructor went to bat for me because they didn't communicate. They, the other guy didn't know me, but my instructor knew me. And he knew I was, I worked hard and I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And he talked with him. I'm assuming this is just hypothetically. And they was like, and so they came to me and they said, Miss Wimbush, you passed. And I was like, whoa, well, thank the Lord, you thank know, you, Jesus. and so I got my bags. I left. I moved down. My first facility was Jackson, Mississippi. I drove down to Jackson. I did not want to go to Jackson, Mississippi. I'm going to be honest. I was, ner- I was scared. I was nervous. I had never been in the South before, by myself. Yeah. I was, my, all my family is in Virginia and DC and I'm leaving all of that to go to Jackson by myself. So right. I did and okay. it was rough. It was really rough. That was the rough about it. (laughs) One, I was away from everybody. Yeah. Two, the environment I was in. Tell me about it. There, I was the only black female, Mm -hmm. and there were only white males and one other white female, two other white females, and um, two other black males. And from what I had heard when I gone that when I got there, no other black female had been successful there. And by that I mean in training, getting certified and being able to move planes by yourself, talk to airplanes by yourself. That's the ultimate goal. And they get they gave me a hard time. And it was it was it was bad. Um I came to Memphis to train. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad to where I had no control. They just said, Ashley, we got some new sim. The government has given the FAA some money. We setting up some new simulators in Memphis. And we want you to go up to Memphis to be the first, you know, test subject on these simulators. So they paid me to come up to Memphis when I was in Jackson for a week and just test and run it. And they got upset. They were jealous. I had no, you know, I had no control over that. But what? they, how did, did they go up there you? and 
Huh? What did they do um, when when well, they got the news that you were chosen? So they was talk, talking. How does she get to go up there? What's going on? Well, I don't understand. She gets to go up there and paid and do and you know play around. I didn't say anything. I was low key. I came up here, and the guys uh, in Memphis, they had a completely different mindset. They were, oh, they were so nice. They taught me all this, you know, tricks of what to do, how to get airplanes, do all this in the sky, little things. So I took that, what I learned, and I came back down to Jackson. And so when I started training again with them. They didn't like what the guys Chosen. up here taught me. Mm-hmm. And they felt disrespected. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was... I so you. in the process of me trying to conform to their training style versus what I had in Memphis and figure out my own way, it was a lot of this. And one day I had a trainer yell at me disrespect like disrespectfully yell at me and I had to I'm very easy going you know but I couldn't allow that and I had to stand up for myself at that point and when I did I had to leave you had to leave you made the decision or did they make the decision it was a little bit of it was my decision but it was them too because they did things to me you know that was just horrible (laughs) I know I know I know so one of the things is um they would lie and say oh Ashley she turned out the lights in the rate she turned on the lights in the radar room I don't even know where lights are in the radar room because the radar room has to be dark because you're looking at her scope so yeah. Why would I come? <laughs> Girl, they was hating. They was hating on the lo- real one, honey. I had, I had a locker. Hate. I had a locker that was in a room that they used, and they would be in there talking all the time. And I would go in there, not even thinking about it, to go to my locker. Oh, we got to move her locker up out of here. Uh-uh. We can't have it. Okay. They had instances where they cussed wrote nasty letters was it racial yes Mm, yeah you had to dip very racial very racial very just yeah it was bad and it was bad to the point i was crying every day and i was asking god please get me up out of here my parents was going through it like we can't get that baby you know right And, and so thank god I knew people and and I reached back out to Mr. Donnie Mm -hmm. and I said, Mr. Donnie, I said, it's bad down here. And they worked with me to get me to Memphis and how I got to Memphis, that all ties into how did you get to Memphis? The trainers um, who trained me up here knew that I was sharp and they really liked me. And they was like, we want Ashley to come to Memphis. Because I told them, I said, send me back to Virginia, please. I don't, I just can't, this is just too much, you know. And so they said, well, what about Memphis? We think you can handle Memphis. Come up here. And I was like, sure. (laughs) And I came and um, it was a completely different environment. I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. 
it was a younger generation. See, down in Jackson, it was a bunch of older guys. Yeah. They had been there since the 80s. They didn't yeah. even retire, you know? That's and, Jackson, Mississippi for you, though. And it was, it was hard. But I will say, when I left, I made sure to make sure that any other female that come through there right. would not have any problems. <laughs> hey. Wow, that is amazing that, you know, all of the things that you had to go through and being a black woman in this male-dominated industry of aviation, and you stuck it out, though, you, as for as long as you could, and you made your way to Memphis. What year did you come to Memphis? I came to Memphis in 2014, 2000. October, October 2014, so I was, I was in Jackson from uh, 2013 for a year, and 2014, I was like, okay, no, 2015, I believe, 2015. Okay. Yeah, 2015, I was here. Yep. Okay. So when you hit Memphis, you were still in aviation, right? Yes. Okay. And and had a good experience, I would say? Yes, I did. The, the people up here in Memphis were phenomenal. My trainers, all of it. It's And it's, it's busier. Yeah. I mean, Memphis is a... FedEx hub is here. Yeah, the distribution know? capital of the world, right? And so I'm thinking, like, I was in Jackson where they barely got a plane an hour. And had to go through all that drama. And I had to go theory. through all that. And now I'm here in Memphis, and I got FedEx planes everywhere, plus, right. you know, commercial and general aviation. And I got to be thinking at all times, and I'm able to do this, but y'all. Mm -hmm. So that, that then I proved that the people in Jackson were wrong. I had to prove them wrong, and I did. Because I was like, that is, they painted a picture of me that was not who I was. Right. And they're like, well, you know, she's a problem. She's a, no, that's not me. You know, I'm just trying to get my money. <laughs> my money exactly, exactly. And live my life. That's it's, all I want to do. And that's crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, in these male-dominated industries, you know, they want to paint the picture like the black woman is the angry black woman. You know, you often hear that in a lot of male-dominated industries. But Ashley, let me ask you this. Why do you think that, and I guess listening to your story too, you, you can understand why it is this way that, you know, black women are you know, far and few between in the aviation industry, even black men. Um, I've actually had a former guest, Chase Henry. He, he was in the aviation business and he was trying to encourage so many, you know, blacks to enter into that field because, yes. you know, the work is there, the opportunities are there, the money is there. So why do you think, you know, blacks and even black women why is this industry so populated with everybody but us it all stems my i'll say my opinion and from research and just stuff that i've seen over the years it all starts back when you're young it starts at a very young age and for us unfortunately we are behind the curve when it comes to aviation and knowing about it you know we don't have the opportunities to say oh we got a, a airplane our grandfather has a jet you know or something yeah. or they got their pilot's license it it's just 
Bessie Coleman was the first black woman. I don't know if you ever heard of Bessie Coleman, but she was the first black woman to get her pilot's license, but she couldn't get it in the United States. She had to go overseas to like France or Paris or somewhere over in France to get it, then come back over here and be able to fly and steal and use her, her pilot's license. But it's like, we, they just don't want us to be ahead because it's like, if we can really catch it, you know, we really catch on to something, we can take it over. Yeah. You know, I'm just being honest, you know, we can really capitalize on it and take it over. And you definitely see that history shows you the, um, the uh, red tails the, uh, down in the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm. <laughs> you know, for the longest, you know, a lot of men, a lot of women, they wanted to become pilots and aviators and stuff like that. And they did, thanks to, it was all because of Frank, I think it was Franklin Roosevelt's daughter, uh, wife, Eleanor Roosevelt. She had a relationship with, um, What's this Bethune Cookman? It's a it's a black lady, mm-hmm. and they brought they had a program for the government to try to see if they could get black pilots, you know, because Eleanor I think she flew flew with uh, Tuskegee Airmen, but nonetheless they started their uh, school down in Tuskegee, and they wanted to really get the aviation blacks into aviation, and you know they gave us some little knock-off jobs yeah and until we finally said look we're gonna do this and they gave us the opportunity we (laughs) we took over you know exactly so fast forward now it's like you know there's so many opportunities out there for us but we don't know because our elders didn't know about it they weren't educated on it and you know my parents honestly they didn't they didn't know anything about it you know right. and it's, it's like the I, parents I, aren't pushing that as a young child you know it's always doctor lawyer you know it, it's never be an aviator never be, be a pilot or anything mm-hmm. like that we don't have anything that really you know says oh i can do this i can do that so that's kind of one of the things that i was like you know what now that i'm I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I want to get out here now and try to educate the youth. That's where the youth, because when I did that aviation career camp with Mr. Donnie, the kids were from the second, no, about the third grade up. And they all, to this day, most of them got careers in aviation. Yeah. And that was amazing to me. One of the, one girl who I mentored back um, in D.C., she got to Memphis two months ago. Wow. She called me. She said, Ashley, I made it through the program. I'm an air traffic controller over at Memphis Center. She about to get paid. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so How does that make you feel? I'm so, I'm so happy because <clears throat> it's like, that was like, 
15 years ago. Yes, yes. And now she's stuck with it. She knew what she wanted to do back then, just going through the, pro the career program, and it really opened her eyes. And I think a lot of times when we have these programs and these outreach, and you're able to, like, let the kids experience, like, um, OBAP, um, it's an organization of Black uh, airline pilots. Here in, in Memphis, they partner with the Memphis Blackhawks, which is another um, aviation group, and FedEx, and they have a career, aviation career camp, and they take the kids out to DeWitt, Spain, and they let them uh, go up and assess them and fly around, and they actually fly the plane with the flight instructor. And mm -hmm. once you get a taste of that as a little kid, and you're like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. So it's a beautiful thing that, you know, you can actually see the people that you mentored excel in this business. And and it leads me to, you know, what everybody wants to know at this point. You know, you, you told us about your aviation history. Um, how did you get into this DJing business? Because you are a brand, baby. You are <laughs> Alpha Whiskey Enterprises LLC. Tell me how you got into this music business, this DJ business, and tell me about Alpha Whiskey Enterprises, LLC. Okay. Uh, so, um, like I said before, I've always been into music, and I used to download so much music when we had LimeWire and all that stuff. And so, once I got older... I trans when iPods came out and all that, I transferred all that stuff over to my iPod and my uh, little laptop and all that stuff when I got to Hampton. So I got there, met Brandy, a bunch of other people, and we used to have little little sets, little parties and stuff. And I'm like, y'all, I'm the DJ. I'm gonna be the DJ. I'm the DJ. I always knew what to play. I didn't have, I didn't know what a turntable, well, I mean, I knew a turntable, but at the time, I, I wasn't getting all of that and mixers, and I just had a laptop, some Dell speakers and subwoofers, a subwoofer, and the music, and that was all, that was all we needed, That's and all I, I, I knew what songs to play. I, we used to have a good time, and they were like, well, what's your name? What's your DJ name? And I'd be like, I'm DJ such and such. Mm -hmm. I, I came up with such and, such. <laughs> and I'm like I'm DJ such and such so um I I my cousin my senior year had my cousin uh she said Ashley she said you really need to think about DJ because I was making uh mixtapes too just burning CDs for people and all of that she said you might really want to consider being a DJ and I said you know what you right I said I know um, the guy on our campus, Tay James, he DJs all the parties on campus. I'm going to reach out to him. I saw him with a female DJ actually at a party DJing for the first, you know, first time I ever saw like a real female DJ. And um, I said, I'm sure, you know, he'll work with me. So I hit him up on Facebook. I ain't heard nothing back from him. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was okay. And um, fast forward, Tay James ended up taking off as soon as he graduated that year he became justin bieber's dj mm -hmm. and so um 
I was like, dang, I said, man, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, well, I could have been out here, you know, being a celebrity DJ, you know, but I was like, actually, it's, it's not your time, you know, so um, I didn't think any more of it. I ended up doing the whole air traffic aviation thing and still in the back of my mind I was like I want to be a DJ fast forward moved to Memphis met my boyfriend we've been together for four years and he we we're both really into music we just click like when we first start talking we talk about music. I'm telling him what songs he need to play. He's telling me what songs I need to play. Yeah. And <laughs> so we just, you know, kind of bounce the stuff off with each other. And then um, one of my girlfriends here, she got a little small little DJ board. She was actually an air traffic controller here. And I had one over to her house and I said, Bianca, what you doing with a little DJ board? She said, girl, I just be playing around sometimes. And I was like, oh, okay. So she showed me a little things and then I went back and later on I was talking to my boyfriend about it. And I was like, you know, I always, you know, really wanted to be a DJ. And he asked me too, he said, Ashley, if you wouldn't, uh, air, if you wouldn't do an air traffic control, what would you doing? And I was like, I'd be a DJ. And he was like, well, why not do both? You in Memphis, we do everything you know everything, everything. And, and and that's when i i'm gonna tell you i tell people i may have been uh born <laughs> in virginia but until i moved to memphis that's when i really like i was reborn and i really like started to see things different and i was like i could probably do both because i'm thinking i just got to do this air traffic stuff for the rest of why am I thinking that way? You know, but yeah. that's just how I was thinking at the time. And um, I was really trying to leave. I was going to move um, from Memphis and move to Atlanta. I had gotten uh, accepted there at Atlanta Tower, the busiest air traffic control tower. And I was like, I got some decisions to make. I applied. They needed air traffic controllers in Dubai. I applied Ooh. there. And um, I want they paid for me to go over there, child living the life. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was like, yeah. no, that's the, the, the laws and stuff over there is kind of different. And, you know, it's, it's a lot with that. So um, I made a, I, I had to really think about it. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to be a DJ. I said, Atlanta, I'm sorry. I'm not coming. Dubai, I'm not coming. Mm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a DJ. Okay. And so I went and bought a board. I started going through my old laptops and getting all this old music I had. Um, my boyfriend is kind of, he knows everybody here. You know, Memphis is small, but it's big. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I can reach out to, you know, a couple people um, that I know. And actually, uh, my boyfriend, Zach, and uh, Crystal's husband are best friends. Mm -hmm. They grew up together. And he was like, my best friend's uh, wife is, or uh, fiance at the time, before they got married, he was like, they, uh, she's a DJ. And I was like, I need to meet her. I, I bugged him day mm -hmm. until he knew that I was serious about it. So he set up something for us to meet. Then um, he introduced me to uh, DJ KJ. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, kind of talked with me about some things. And then from there, I just kind of like, 
went on my own. I, t- I met when I talked with Crystal, you know, she kind of told me, you know, everything about being a female DJ and just kind of prepping me. And she gave me a book. <laughs> a book? <laughs> you know, what book is on how to become a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so my first gig, she called me and she said, Ashley, I got a gig for you, you know? And I'm like, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. You know, like we just talked, you know, now you got a gig for me. And so she said, yeah, it's a a salon, like it was a, a grand opening, um, of this, of a beauty, uh products and it, actually it was edge entity um okay. Aquila's uh business and i was like oh my gosh you know i, I don't know and she said girl you got it you can do it and i did but i will say from most people out here first time djing it don't always go right right i've heard some more stories how did yours my go? first experience was horrible what? I and mean, i showed up looking cute <laughs> hair natural you know i had talked with the people at guitar center i just knew i knew they gave me the right chords i had recorded what they showed me so i but for some reason none of it was making sense yeah. when i got there to hook it up and I had some of the wrong cork. It was a mess. My hair had sweated. You know? <laughs> puffed up. Puffed up. Puffed puff. Wow. Puffed up. I had to get, well, actually my boyfriend, he, he came and we had to get the people from Guitar Center to come and set it up for me because I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So by the time we got everything set up, it was like running maybe about five minutes over time but once we got the sound going you it was good. good right but i still felt like oh, this so from then on Ema, like the second my second gig i had a lady step on one of my cords i had got there early set up everything and she was trying to um put a a new cloth on the table and she was walking around and snap one of my cords i had to hurry up and run go buy another dj board no that's the and i had like 25 minutes to do all of this before the venue started wow but i made it but i made it work and every like my first five gigs was like something was crazy was going on but now i've been doing this almost three years Mm You didn't figure it out. I'm still, I'm still learning. (laughs) I'm still learning, but, but I got a better understanding now of what I need and what I know you do. I know you do. And it took some time. (laughs) Yeah, I know it did. Okay, Ashley. So you, you kind of gave us, you know, your introduction to the DJ world in Memphis. You know, you had to get baptized by the fire with that first gig. You, you had your second, third, fourth, fifth gigs. Now you probably have over a hundred gigs at this point. And I know that you're one of the most sought out female DJs. And, you know, I know you go back to Hampton for homecoming and DJing. I know that's really exciting. Let's talk about you know, the dynamic of the DJ world in Memphis. Has that been an easy journey for you? Just, 
you know, getting help from other DJs and uh, networking and things of that nature. Has everyone been responsive from your experience? I would say for the most part, yes. I mean, you know, with everything, you know, not everybody's going to respond back. Not everybody's going to, you know, be there if you need something, you know, all the time. But for the most part, I will say everybody's been very helpful, male and female. Um, You know, I just, me personally, I just kind of, you know, stay in my lane and do what I do and... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I've seen you, you know, transform as a, a female DJ, like, you know, really build your brand um, and taking extra steps to, I guess, cultivate what you're doing. And, and I really love that about you. And, you know, now you even have your own radio show, Flight Risk on 91.7 FM WYXR. Tell me about Flight Risk and what people can expect from that show. Um, So Flight Risk uh, is a show where every Thursday we take a risk and we hop on a plane, on a jet. Yes, I like how you incorporated that, (laughs) you know, your background into your show. Yeah, so I just, I like playing music by all kinds of music from all over. And I wanted, especially with COVID and stuff going on, we can't travel. Like I have not been anywhere and I'm going crazy. But I'm like, you know, I still have to find some type of way to get out mentally and and be somewhere. So, um, you know, I always had the idea of playing music from all over the world. But when, you know, the opportunity presented itself, I was like, Huh, maybe every Thursday, you know, I, instead of me just getting on there just playing music, I want to make it, you know, something that's that gives good vibes and people can look forward to. And so um, that's how I got flight risk. And, um, you know, we go to a new de- destination. Uh, started off, you know, we went to Ibiza. I played, you know, like the electro dance because, you know, you go to Ibiza, it's not but partying. I've never been there, but that was on my list. It still is. Um, <laughs> You're going to get there. <laughs> um, Havana, Cuba. You know, I did that with the Cuban, Afro-Cuban uh, type vibes. I was supposed, my best friend and I, Denisha, who I grew up with, we were supposed to have gone to Cuba um, for her birthday, but the hurricane season messed that up. So, um, so I still had that on my list, but uh um, we did, I've done Virginia, I've done, uh, see, last night we did New Orleans with the second line. That was kind of, that was one of my favorites, because I really love New Orleans with the second line and the whole cash money, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> era and stuff like that. Wow. Um, and, and uh, you know, Louis Armstrong um, with the, with the, uh, Satchmo, so all of that, um, so just like a blend of, of everything I like playing, you know, done California, um, it's something, sometimes I forget, I'm like, well, you know, Where it's, it's I done? 10, I've done 10 <laughs> shows already, I've done 10 shows already, right, so, and it's like every week comes fast, it does, so, <laughs> I agree. I it, it, it's, it comes <laughs> Now, yeah. how would you describe the differences of the Virginia music style versus Memphis? What are the, the differences and what are the similarities? 
lot of differences. I would say, you know, and doing the research, we got Pharrell. Pharrell, you know, his beats are just very distinguished, very, you know, like laid back, but groovy, you know, um, Timberland and Missy, you know, they <laughs> for real legend. But they produced they produced a lot of songs, you know, for other artists though, but yeah. um from other places. But that Virginia sound, I would say like with Pharrell and Eclipse, it's different. I never even me being from Virginia, I would never I can actually honestly say I'm like, you know, California, they kind of got a vibe, you know, the West Coast vibe. You got the New York vibe, you got, you know, New Orleans, you know, different things, but Virginia doesn't really have that one, like, real particular sound. To me, in my opinion, that just kind of stands out. Now, when you talk about the DMV and you bring in the whole go-go aspect of that and you tie us in with that, yeah. But growing up, listening to music there, I let her, her we... I was right there on that border. So I was listening to music down south. Yeah. And, and I was listening to music from up north. And when it came to like Virginia stuff, it was like, oh, y'all can't compare to this Boosie. <laughs> y'all, and when I first heard 3 Six Mafia, right. I, I, my first experience in hearing Memphis music was first Three Six Mafia. I had a, a cousin of mine left a blank CD in uh, my little CD player. And I'm just, press play, tear the club up. What were your thoughts immediately when you heard that Three Six? I mean, I was like, I love it. I love it. I couldn't, for one, I couldn't let my parents know what I was listening to. But I loved it. I will never forget my sister and I. One Thanksgiving, we caught the bus and we went up to DC for, um, for Thanksgiving. And I had that joint bumping the whole time, my little CD player. And I'm like, I, what is Memphis like? I was in the seventh or eighth grade. I was like, I wonder what Memphis is like. You know, I'm hearing three six and 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 all of this. I was like, I had, you know, one day I got to go check this out. But then at the same time, I was kind of nervous too, because <laughs> you know, I you just you, I didn't know based off the music and some of the stuff they were talking about. But I it appealed to me, and I never knew fast forward all these years that I would be living here. But um, I discovered the juking, the, the Memphis juking dance style. Yeah. Now that by far is my favorite style mm -hmm. of dancing. Can you, you know, do we got, Can you do? I try. <laughs> I try. I, I was actually just looking at Duke Deuce. I was too. <laughs> oh, he got it but, down pat. But, you know, and I watch other people and my girlfriend, she, uh, she has a talent show every, um, Sunday, every Sunday of the month, uh, Showtime Shiva Talent Night that she hosts at Brinson's. And okay. so she brings out people from all over, you know, Memphis. And a couple Sundays ago, she had a guy there, Eli the Skate God. He was juking and on skates. Oh, I know that looks good. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How do you juke and you wow. on skates at the same time? But now, you know, with Virginia, we can claim Chris Brown with the dancing, but 
music wise, I I'm, I I had to say Memphis music is yeah. You know, producer wise is real. I love it, but when it yeah. comes to really have to pick, I'm going with Memphis. <laughs> right. Right. Now, Ashley, with you being a DJ and just in general, how has COVID impacted everything that you've been doing? Um, well, I would definitely say in the beginning of the year when um, COVID was just coming in, like I was, I had a lot of gigs. I was booked every Book week and booked and busy. And um, when March rolled around, you know, everything just kind of started shutting down. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't have, you know, this extra income, you know, that I was used to coming in and all of this stuff and just trying to figure out how to adapt. And so when everything kind of went first, I had never gone live, didn't even plan on, honestly, like using that live button on my Instagram or Facebook. Me neither. But, but COVID changed that really quick. And um, so I saw a couple, you know, DJs doing the whole live. And of course, you know, D-Nice kicking it off. Ooh, he did that. And when he did that, and then I saw Tracy Steele mm. out of Atlanta do the whole little female thing, I was like, okay, this can be done. I'm sure, you know, we're going to figure this out. So that's when I was like, hey, I called up uh, Crystal and KP and DJ Kiva. Here, and I said, look, we need to go live and get our female DJs to, you know, we can do this. We can figure it out. So we were like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Well, you know, in the process, you're still learning. Wi-Fi. <laughs> the technical <laughs> aspect of that, the even the licensing, which you can play on social media. I know all of that came into play. Oh, man. You know, having to figure out sound. Like, I, I had a iPhone 8. I believe at the time and like I found out like my motherboard or something connected with it was messed up um during that time because people couldn't hear my music I'm like I got the phone right here up to the speaker it's loud people like I, we can't hear your music and so I had to go get a whole new phone all that just to adapt to you know what's going on now with COVID but you know I, I picked up a lot of virtual events I was able to um do a couple of vir uh, virtual events with Philip Ashley. We kind of part partnered together to do like little uh, date nights where we had uh, little themes and stuff um, for that. And then, you know, other birthday and holiday celebrations. So and how do you, how do you like the virtual DJing? I know it's different. I know it it's very different. So how were you able to transition, you know, with the virtual DJing? Just doing, doing a, doing a lot of overtime, you know, it just, it's still a learning opportunity. I really kind of don't like it because I can't get that energy. I can't see you, you know, usually I pick my, I already know maybe what I want to play before I get to a venue, but I'm definitely, definitely looking at the crowd to see who I'm, you know, actually about to play for. And maybe I might need to change some things around, you know, right. or something like that or, or whatever and um i'm not a even though i'm a dj i love music but i'm not a talker talker like that mm -hmm. so when <laughs> i gotta talk and dj and do all that it's been a learning experience you know and 
I got you. I got you. Wow. Interesting. So, Ashley, where are you taking your entire DJ Alpha Whiskey Enterprises LLC brand? And, you know, just looking out in the future, is aviation still a component of your future? So, um, with Alpha Whiskey Enterprises, uh, my goal is to be able to create opportunities for minorities to be able to have opportunities to get into aviation or into music or entrepreneurship. You know, I really strive myself on women empowerment because I am in um, male dominated fields. And a lot of times we, you know, we're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. if I. Well, you know, my name says a lot. And I and it's not because it's like oh, I wanted it that way. It's just phonetic, the phonetic alphabet. My name Ashley Wimbush and Alpha Whiskey, um, and the meaning of it. Alpha being, you know, the number one female strong. You know, all that and whiskey. You know, you drink whiskey. It's <laughs> strong, but it's smooth. Mm-hmm. And whiskey means water for life. For life. Mm. And so with that, I was like, okay, you know, how can I, you know, work all this? And, and I just put it all together. And I said, well, that's, it, that's really me. You know, I am a strong female, you know, and I'm a Capricorn. I don't know if you guys into astrology, but. I know about Capricorns, know, yes. Obama, Miss Michelle Obama, Capricorn, mm-hmm. shout out to her. When we put our mind to do something. Right, you know, very strong-willed, I would say. We're going to do it. And, and so with my business, my goal is to just build and grow outreach with other, uh, like I say, youth, aviation professionals, companies to see what we can do to, to really get out here and empower other females, uh, males, and anybody else who's, who's interested in and pursuing their uh, their dreams, you know? And also, you know, I like to have fun with it. So, you know, I wanna add some fun into, you know, Alpha Whiskey Enterprises and, you know, some some events that I've, I've been thinking about, you know, to get out there, but it's still, I still got a ways to go because I'm like, I can't do it all. You know, you got all these ideas, and you're right. like one step at a time. But, um, but within the next couple of years, my goal is to really have my brand like international. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is the goal. <laughs> Global. I'm with Global. it. I'm Global. I'm Ashley. Um, you know, do you have any advice for, you know, these young black girls that may be interested in either aviation or DJing? And before I answer your question, I want to give a brief statistic because I think I may have told uh, you this before, but just to give people an understanding, with air traffic control, there's a total of 13,000-ish air traffic controllers throughout the whole U.S. nationwide. Of the 13,000, 10,000 or so are white male. Uh, 2,000 or so in that area roughly are white female. 890-ish are black male and 244, 45-ish are black female. Wow. And I 
provided this data uh, about a couple months ago and it just like threw me. So um, my advice to anyone who wants to be in aviation or music, go for it. A lot of times I don't have it all. I don't, you know, we don't always know what is going to happen. You know, we can't predict the future, none of that. But if you really strongly have a passion for something and you really feel strongly about it and you're like, I can't stop thinking about it. I, you yeah. know, I really love music. You know, I, I wish I'd be a DJ. You know, I really love, I really want to be a pilot. Like that's, that's something I still have in my back pocket. I would like to become a pilot one day, um, get my pilot's license. And um, I think that uh, females can can take over. We really, we really can, you know, we just have to, you know, stay focused. And that's, that's a hard thing sometimes um, because, you know, we, how we are and um, being professional will take you a long way. I'll just definitely, (laughs) Definitely. anybody out there that wants to do any type of business, aviation or, um, DJ of music, I would say professionalism will take you a long way, whether you know what you're doing or not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And <laughs> you consistency, know, you know. Consistency and confidence. Yeah. Uh, I I have I'm real big on confidence. Um, and I had a, a guy I used to date and he was like really big on confidence. I guess that's how I got to this point. But when I do my with air traffic or anything you do, you have to have confidence in yourself. And if you don't, then it's going to be like, uh, because people's lives are in my hands mm-hmm. and I have to keep people safe. And if I don't have confidence in something that I'm doing and I'm telling the pilot, Hey, you know, and he hears my voice, this will always happen. If a pilot you're talking and he hears your voice and it's like, oh, yeah. They are, they're going to question you a hundred times with everything you tell them to do because they have lost confidence in you. You don't sound like you know what you're doing, (laughs) whether you got a job, whether you got the job or not. So again, back to what I was saying about any future advice, trust and believe in yourself, have confidence in yourself. Um, I always give God thanks every day. Yeah. Every time somebody called me and said we need a gig, I'm thinking God right there on the spot, you know. Really. <laughs> Especially and- now, you know, with with this pandemic, you know, some people are stuck right now. They they don't know how to move forward. And, you know, to still be successful in what you love to do, that's just a blessing in itself. So yeah, yes. I feel you. Ashley, what would you say is your superpower? My superpower. Oh my gosh. I I try to do everything. I don't know if it's a superpower or not, but it is. <laughs> I'm one of those people where I'm just trying to do everything. Like if I have to do if I got a lot of stuff I gotta do, I'm gonna get it done whether if I eat, not eat, get sleep or not get sleep. I'm not going to be satisfied until you know, everything gets done and it gets done right. I'm one yeah. of those. <laughs> I got you. That's a superpower. <laughs> it is a superpower. Wow. Yeah. 
amazing. Yes. I'm very dedicated. I'm very dedicated and passionate about, you know, whatever I whatever I do. You know. Yeah. So I can tell. And you know what? I have really enjoyed you on the Verbally Effective podcast today. You know, you have really kind of laid out your foundation of how you came to be, you know, who you are today. And you have an amazing story and you've been through so much and I'm glad you stuck it out. You know, women that go through these male dominated fields, you know, it can be very intimidating, but you know, a lot of us are strong and we're going to stick it out. And I'm glad you did. And and I really hope and pray that you'll be able to get back in the sky soon and go to all of your destinations yes. if you want to. <laughs> and, you know, I pray that your Alpha Whiskey Enterprises brand continues to grow and flourish. And I'm very proud of you, uh, Ashley. I am so proud of you. Thank and you. And just keep going. And, you know, the sky is the limit, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at the sky like, oh my gosh! You know, I'm always looking at airplanes, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe yeah. you know. Sometimes it even strikes me like, man, I'm an air traffic controller. I just thank God, you know. Yeah. I, without him, I would not be here. And my parents, they, you know, they support me. At first, you know, they were a little shaky about it, you know. I want and I want to tell people too, you know. That was a thing, a challenge for me too, with my parents, because, you know, me being the youngest at the time and leaving and everything and uh, going off to be an air traffic controller, my dad was like, you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. That's a responsible job. I'm like, dad, I'm not responsible, you know, and they worry. Yeah. And they were worried about me. And then it took me some time too, still to kind of tell them that I was gonna really be out here DJing. And finally I told them, I said, you know, cause my parents, they're a little older, you know, and they're more reserved and they, you know, they're like, Ashley, but just be careful, you know? And so when I told them, I said, look, I'm out here DJing now and, you know, and now they're like so excited and happy for me, you know, and it's, it makes me feel good because at first I was kind of hesitant because I know how they can kind of be sometimes. And, you know, we all sometimes we got parents that they just they just worry and they just want you the best for you and they want you to be safe. And they so they try to protect you. And you're like, look, I'm grown now. Definitely. You know, I, I yeah. ain't got to ask you. I'm kind of just telling you, but I'm yeah. telling you in, you know, a nice way. You know? <laughs> I, look, I feel you. I, I've been through it with my with my family as well. And they realize that, you know, you have these dreams and desires that you want to do that they may not necessarily agree with, but they have to let you bump your head or go for it. You know, they, they have to let go in a sense but still yeah. be there. So it sounds like that you have a very strong support system and that's a beautiful thing. And um, I want you to let everybody know how they can follow you and keep in touch with everything that you got going, DJ Alpha Whiskey. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, my main way you can follow me, Instagram at DJ Alpha Whiskey. Also Facebook, DJ Alpha Whiskey or uh, my government name, Ashley Wimbush. Um, I also have a DJ website, um, djalphawhiskey.com. If anybody uh, wants to go on, I have uh, merchandise and stuff like that. But I am in the process, 2021, of updating all of that. So stay tuned. Um, 
uh, SoundCloud, MixCloud, as well, uh, DJ platforms. Anybody out there wants to hear some good music playlists, I'm building this this travel catalog right now with WYXR. Anywhere yes. you want to go within the next couple of months, you'll have a whole right. you know, catalog of places plus other music that I've recorded and done. So, um, yeah, just go on SoundCloud, MixCloud, DJ Alpha Whiskey, and or WYXR. They have uh, all our shows there. Just click at the top shows and Flight Risk. And it'll have all the shows loaded up there. I have them in my link tree on my page, my yes. Instagram page. So help yourself. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ashley Wimbush, aka DJ Alpha Whiskey. I truly enjoyed you today. And like I said, keep keep going for it. Keep doing your thing, lady. I'm proud of you. And I can't wait for everyone to hear your story, lady. Okay. Thank you. If anybody out there knows somebody, has somebody interested in aviation, yes, about it, career fairs, career days, I do those virtual now. Um, so anything like that, please hit me up. I'm here to help any way I can. Cause somebody helped me, so I'm yes. here to help give back. Yes, and we love that about you, lady. Thank you so much. And you have yes. a good one. And be safe sure. out here. I will. I we'll will. We're into flight risk on Thursdays, honey. Yes. <laughs> we're going we're, we're going to be international this Thursday. I don't know yet exactly, but yeah. we're going overseas. Let's yes. go overseas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. You're welcome.